morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Obviously, you might know who it is. I always start off, obviously, it's, it's more in it, so we out here. Let's get into it. Indeed, do that. So, <laughs> Gosh. it's the Sunday, because we call it on Sunday, Sunday after Valentine's Day. But no one cares about that, because it's also the day that, it was the week that Black Panther came out. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. amazing. What no spoilers. No spoilers. Spoilers. It? Yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. What's your struggle, you people? I haven't I seen haven't it seen yet. It. I but why seen not? Because I had to work. <laughs> All night. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, early enough in the morning to not want to be out late. And what happened on Saturday? Um, I was in Kent. Priorities, Peter. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah. Wakanda is your priority. I'm going to see it tomorrow. So I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing it on Wednesday. Date night. Yeah. Chase. I'm going to see it tomorrow. Well, I've seen it. I saw it on the day it came out. Good for you, isn't it? And, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, my child. <laughs> Trust me. Just living life out here. Um, yeah. And even if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sure you've seen, like, all the reviews. People oh, just... Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. You've and seen the pictures. Everyone's getting dashikied up. I know. Mate. I thought to go and track bombs. <laughs> uh, as well, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, w- it was a really good movie. We can talk about it more. Um, once everyone's watched it. Once everyone's watched it. But um, I wanted... And if we do that, we'll need to fully put in like spoiler alert. No, you know, you know what? I think we'll leave it for like a month before we talk about it. Because then I think after a month, if you haven't seen it, then you're a pagan. A month <laughs> is too short though. You a have month? to wait till it's out of cinemas at least. No? If, if you're worried about that. Month, who goes to watch a movie a month after it comes out in cinema? I do. <laughs> My wife put her hand up. <laughs> you see, this is the guy that has no responsibility. Like, <laughs> you can just wake up, just just go. But yeah, yeah, we will we'll have to be careful, spotless. When we do, that yeah. might be like if if we are gonna do it more re- more nearer, it might be like a special. Mm. Mm. But yeah, so um, but um, I was reading this review, and um, I saw something interesting. Which I thought we could discuss today, Easy. which doesn't have anything to do with actual movie itself. Okay, um, as such. So one guy was um, talking about how um, Wakanda is like, um, like almost a metaphor or like a representation of what Africa could have been mm. if it wasn't for the white colonizers. <laughs> Here we go. And I wanted to know what, wanted to know what, um, what you guys thought about that. Mm. Knowing what you know about Africans now, do you feel like if we hadn't been <laughs> if we hadn't been <laughs> enslaved do you mm. think obviously we haven't got vibranium mm-hmm. but do you think that we could have um excelled further than we have hmm. <laughs> that's an interesting question mm. um obviously, and I, I think we need to like put a disclaimer that this is like hypothetical thought yeah 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 I think so. Before colonization, at least in Ghana, because I can only speak from a Ghanaian perspective, because I studied social studies in school um, when I was there, and so we, we look at it a bit differently. Um, but before before colonization, there were still tribes. There were still um, instances of. Uh, corruption and greed and all of those good things that um, <laughs> exist everywhere. So that the four gave us. <laughs> I think, I think Wakanda represents a or, or the idea of Wakanda represents yeah a fictional uh, utopia um, where you know things went right. 
Mm. Um, and I, I think to say that's definitely what would have happened if not for colonization is a bit unfair. Because, not not to say unfair, because obviously colonization wasn't a good thing in any in any respect. But it's it's can I say um, almost idealistic or naive or it ignores the fact that we we have a tendency or Africans have a tendency to <laughs> to to um, be more about their family and their own pockets than um, communal growth, if that makes sense. Yeah, I remember. I know there's there's like this one analogy that I know every African likes to use, uh, which is about the crabs in the bucket. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The thing is that when you see that, have you seen that before? No, I, I, I've actually seen yeah. it. Like before. But, okay, okay, okay. For those who don't know, the, the, there's this uh, analogy that if you have like crabs in a bucket, whenever a crab is no, it's not even an analogy. <laughs> this is what happens, and this is why I saw this. It's crabs in a the bucket. They've brought them back from the market. Live crabs. You see, because they're all piled up on one another, mm-hmm. it's easy for one, you know, one to just kind of climb, reach. <laughs> you will see a crab climbing, reaching, trying to get out of the bucket. And another crab that's underneath will pull it down. <laughs> Literally pull it down. Like, it's not even like we're, we're structuring something. And no, it's like, how am I going to be here? And you're getting out. And that's the analogy that we're talking about. That's what happens. Crowds <laughs> do not let each other out of that He's bucket. a bit emotional They're right They're all dying. <laughs> I saw that. I've seen it before. And it's weird. But it's like, yeah. That's, that's the analogy. And yeah, I think that applies. So <laughs> unfortunately, that applies to a lot of Africans. Um, and you think that's as a result of slavery? Or do you think that's just how no, Africans are? That's how we are. <laughs> 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 that general whitewash. Um, <laughs> black horse <laughs> black, literally um, do you know what? I, I think following a natural trajectory there are tribes within the Amazon and other places that haven't had any um, outside influence mm. and they've sustained their culture they've sustained their way of life and as much as they are aware that other people are doing other things other elsewhere like t- electricity and whatever and some of them have tried to include some sort of recreational stuff yeah. within it but for the whole they've just tried to maintain what they've got going um mm. relying on like natural stuff and things like that so there is the argument that as pe- um some people almost remain within not necessarily a primitive but a very traditional sense mm. um the way they've kept things and looking at change with suspicion looking at um, new ways of agriculture, new ways of um, building stuff, new ways of living with with high suspicion, seeing it as our fa- grandfathers didn't do this, we shall not do this ourselves, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. shall continue. And unless those those mindsets almost pass away, mm-hmm. no progression will truly happen. But the colonization happened like centuries ago. Mm-hmm. So within those centuries, arguably there could have been gen- generations that, have sought to break that and sought to make some sort of steps forward. Mm. Um, if there was tr- uh, true collaboration, mm. not based on slavery or ownership, but based on mutual agreement in a sense of Africans coming here as equal partners, as equal human beings, and um, colonians going back as equal 
human beings as well rather than one party trying to take advantage of another again this is idealistic somebody's going to see something that they, they feel that they can exploit mm. and try set about to see if they can do it um we see it here and like people trying to pay under minimum wage mm. um and things like that mm. um so if that happened if that idealistic um chain of events happened in terms of us meeting each other on mutual grounds um, a sense of collaboration and stuff. I feel as though Wakanda, the ideological sense of Wakanda might not have been established, but something towards an African utopia, not utopia in the sense of everything is good, but Africa as governed, maintained and developed as seen fit by Africans mm. um, would have happened. Mm. Um, there would have still been corruption. There would have still been evil stuff, bad stuff that happens. But Africans would have then had more of a say in the way in which their countries developed and their economies developed. Mm. And um, like having this conversation, it, it reminds me. I know people like to talk about places like Timbuktu and places where where, where that were like they were like the education educational like marvels of their mm-hmm. time mm. so um i don't know much about that yeah. but but like just just knowing that it seems that we had the capabilities of mm. of like achieving far great things that, yeah that, that yeah. we were able to yeah uh, do you think that that that's something that that, that like could have um could um continue to to grow or do you think that's something that would have imploded eventually it's 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 difficult to say because actually hearing mo speak as well it's like it's 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 almost like um what's it called? Uh <coughs> the Garden of Eden thing where we only know we only know of this earth post the mm. fall of man. Mm-hmm. We we have no concept really of what it was like pre um, yeah. you know, serpent in the garden kind of thing. So it, it's one of those things where like I'm thinking about it now and uh, you're, you're right. Before if 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 it was just a matter of there was no colonization, then would things the question is would things have continued the way they were or what would what would the evolution be mm. you know the the obviously colonization and the invasion of 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 um those people into africa was something that knocked it off track or knocked it in a different direction mm-hmm. but where would it be now mm-hmm. you know and you can't really extrapolate from what you know because things would have changed yeah um so I definitely wonder because a lot of like um, you know I'm, I'm thinking of like the Egyptian pyramids and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I was thinking along those lines. A lot well. of that was tied into religion and mm-hmm. into things like it wasn't so much science based. Mm-hmm. So with religion, it's it has a tendency to preserve as opposed to progress. Now I put progress in in inverted commas because traditions are preserved and held onto and apart from maybe something like Scientology <laughs> you don't necessarily have well actually you don't you don't necessarily have religions that encourage for change per se if that makes sense um, obviously Christians Christianity is to the side because I think Christianity involves relationship with a living God and a living relationship <laughs> a living relationship um, will have its evolutions because we're all growing, we're changing. However, with some of these um, 
religions, it was more about preserving a certain way of doing things. And mm. I, I'm thinking especially with Egyptians, like mummification and mm-hmm. all of these things was all about preservation. So I, I, I struggle to see how something that's so big on preserving would evolve into something else mm. if it's holding on to mm. its old uh, yeah. roots and stuff I, like I that. I would also say in terms of that, from what I know anyways, in terms of, uh, I, was, I was going to um, bring up Egyptology which within like one of its fundamental tenets from the way that I understand it is that the black consciousness carries life. The woman is, is the source of all life. And so they're almost worshiping the woman as the source of life. And so they wouldn't necessarily see it as um, Christianity is the only um, religion that worships a living being. Right. But Egyptology yeah. is worshiping the woman who is the source of all living yeah. beings. Okay. Um, mm. which again is an interesting um, concept and I, I'm also thinking along the lines of I think not Egyptians per se or Egypt per se but Egyptology um, thrives on the preservation of knowledge mm. so not necessarily the preservation of traditions and stuff but pre- preservation of knowledge, knowledge. itself right, right, right. and so even like the hieroglyphics and stuff like that are held as sacred because those are like almost texts that has been handed down from generation to generation. Mm. And I think that like the mummy's tombs and stuff had those hieroglyphics within. Mm, I haven't yeah. been there. I haven't that mu- done my study studies yeah. in it. So um, it will almost be these set of occurrences are very important. We're going to preserve them, hand them down to the next generation. I know that Christianity, Judaism did that as well in terms of um, verbally transmitting um, mm. traditions on yeah. to the next generations. Yeah. And interestingly, when they didn't do that is when they sinned the most, mm. when they mm. weren't actually handing down the yeah. traditions of yeah. what God has done, mm. the um, Passover. There was there was a period within the Old Testament that they had forgotten about the Passover for yeah. countless years yeah. until they found the a book of the law again. And then they were like, oh, we've actually missed this. We need to go back to it. Mm. Um, so again, there's, there's an element of preservation of knowledge and the preservation of the knowledge of God mm. anyways, spe- more specifically within Christianity. Um, I, I was turned towards um, the pyramids as well because um, I, I find that within religion, everything is almost done to the preservation of that religion, but also everything that supports it is, is commended. Mm. Everything that goes against it is almost condemned. So yeah. if we hold... Um, an eye for an eye, which mm. was part of the Old Testament. Mm. Everything done to break that, <laughs> where mm. oh, I'm getting chopped off. Mm. Calm. Mm. But so, so it, it's then, so progress would be seen, and I believe anyways, progress would then be seen in light of, does it still conform to our understanding and what we've held as traditional knowledge of God? Mm. If not, then almost we're going to let that slide. If it is, we're going to uphold it and keep it going. Mm. Um, which, can be beneficial cannot be beneficial depending on what side of the fence you are do you find that can be a bit dangerous because if if the way we live is based on our understanding um if our understanding changes then wouldn't that mean that how how we live our our faith is is always going to be is it objective or is it subjective then that's that's a very good point because even now in the streams of theology there's so many different streams of theology mm. that it's like if you adhere to this stream, it means that theologically you can't necessarily do this, that mm. this other stream mm. will will um, adhere to. Mm. So even off the bat, 
Seventh Day Adventists, Jehovah's Witness, mm. blah blah blah. Mm. All of those are seen as factions of Christianity. But it's like <laughs> Seventh Day, <laughs> exactly, arguably. But it's like mm. Seventh Day Adventists and Jehovah Witnesses don't believe that Jesus. No, I believe not. Seventh Day Adventists do. Jehovah Witnesses don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, mm. But they both hold Saturday as a Sabbath, Sunday mm. as just a regular day. Mm. But it's, so it, it then fleshes out as to practically. They don't do anything on this on the Saturday. They see it as holy and sacred. Um, so coming back to your question, in terms of yes, we we are in that situation where there are different factions of theology now that um, denotes that we can't do certain things, or we shouldn't do certain things. Um, some people still do it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure if that would be a major issue, depending on how strictly that culture adheres to it. Mm. and the punishments that they almost administer to mm. it mm. or to for or against uh but it is it is an issue that we, we would need and does need to be addressed mm. um like abortion some christians believe you, you can get rid of a baby some christians believe you don't you can't if you want to go a bit wilder you know just it's, it's quite advice about women not speaking in churches this is it <laughs> this is it cover your head mm. mud um mm. sex before marriage I've had conversation in youth groups where I was like, oh, I didn't have sex with my wife before we got married. And then like their faces just cringe. And I'm like, yeah, so you're having sex? Yeah, swear <laughs> down. Mm. But it's just like, obviously I'm not trying to like, but it's 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 stuff like that where what you believe then affects what you do. Yeah. And if what you believe then changes, they're almost like, oh, I could have had could have had the freedom to do this. Mm. No, could have had the freedom to have sex all my life. But it's like, some people believe alcohol, drinking alcohol is a sin. Some people have been given that requirement not to drink by God some people have been given the liberty to drink by God mm. and it's like moving into an understanding that is not in and of itself a sin but drinking in excess is where the issue lays mm. or lies um, then people are like oh so I could have actually enjoyed a beer or two every now and then mm. without feeling the weight of that guilt mm. and then so it, it might be a case of moving more into the freedom and the liberty of the religion depending on how you're living it out or being restrained and constricted mm. um, by different things um, so yeah like that's, that, um, that's something every individual person has to work out for themselves or do you think that there's like a there's like a benchmark for those kind of things so that's so, so like say something like drinking alcohol so for example drinking alcohol I have been told I, I've, I believe I've been told by God to stop drinking but my wife hasn't so my wife drinks and I'm just staring at her and I'm just like cool mm. um but again it's something that we understand <clears throat> so i feel like as our relationship with god is both personal and communal paradox but hey um god is god is going to place specific requirements on us that he might not place on other people mm. but it's still living within the context of other people so as paul says I won't allow me eating meat to be a stumbling block to my to my uh, yeah. brother or yeah. sister. Yeah. If it's a stumbling block for them, I won't eat meat around them. But I'm not going to say eating meat is wrong because I've been given the liberty to do so. So it's figuring, it's developing a relationship with God which allows him to shape how you respond directly but also bearing in mind the brothers around you as you're living that out. Mm. Um, yeah. Question. Brothers or sisters. Does Africa advance technologically without colonization? Um, I was actually thinking about this. Like, I was, I was, um, I was thinking, like, 
electricity mm. wasn't something that was made in Africa. Mm. But it wasn't made in other places either, but it, it was still able to get there. So I think that with like the like sharing of, of, of knowledge and stuff, it might not have advanced. It may not have been like the, the first people to have gotten there, mm-hmm. but I think it would they would have eventually yeah. caught up with, with everyone if else. There was, if there was genuine collaboration, I believe that we would still see technology there. Um, it might it might have been Africans not being so much consumers as in co-producers of these technology. I know that there are technological advances within Africa that sometimes rival elsewhere. So some people within Africa have been engineering stuff that have been groundbreaking. Mm. Um, so we do need to, I feel like we, I need to acknowledge that as well. Um, and also feel like with all the resources in Africa, um, it could have been a thing where we wouldn't have had to produce as much because we could have just bought everything, just like um, British people do. So like they don't, <laughs> they don't make much, but they could, but but like they've got the resources just to just like pick 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 from everywhere, mm. and w- which is why they're able to be where they are. Mm. So if yeah. our resources hadn't been stolen, one thing that I definitely believe is that if colonialism wasn't so um, rampant Africa wouldn't be a third world country oh definitely in terms of like gold mining and stuff like that taking the resources from Africa and stuff Mm. if Africa still had those resources the natural resources anyways they would have much more of a leg to stand on Um, they might not have seen the worth of it in terms of um, gold is so common that it is what it is um, but I think that through time, through them actually recognizing that this is actually valuable, mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't have been in this state considered a third world country where some people are like malnourished and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would definitely have given them a legs up in terms of where their their global position. Mm. Mm. I could be mistaken if I am, and someone on the podcast knows like research and stuff please let me know i don't, I don't imagine there's something you can prove either way mm. just because it's 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 a hypothetical yeah, you can't yeah. you can't say yeah. and like just because you've got the resources doesn't mean you're going to use them while yeah, yeah that's the thing yeah, yeah. so um just before you round up i was just thinking like we've been talking about how africa is this and that but when you think about it every country in the world has got this like every man for himself kind of mentality to some degree Mm-hmm. do you think it's why do you think when it comes to Africa we see it more readily than we would do you know it's actually it's, 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 it's funny because I'd actually have thought well there's elements of the opposite in, in like back in Ghana like the whole idea of it's a village that raises a kid you know it's something you would see you'd more readily see that in Africa than mm. you see here at least when um, we were growing up at least when we, yeah when we were growing up yeah maybe not so much now but <laughs> yeah and it's 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 funny how the thing in like someone someone pointed out oh um african <laughs> and these these are things said by Ghanaians as well so i'm not being racist but a Ghanaian would be like oh Ghanaian witchcraft you use it to bring your brother down um white witchcraft they use it to make planes <laughs> and it's, like, <laughs> and it's like it's it's the mentality behind it it's like there is i i would say there's much more of a sense of community 
in well i felt much more of a sense of community in ghana than i did here and yet i knew there was a stark difference between the way i would get treated and the way the president's children would get treated in ghana because of corruption and Mm. and influence and stuff like that so i think it's it's a thing where power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely and that's a universal thing Mm. i think wealth and where there's a disparity of wealth that corrupts absolutely or that's 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 a universal thing that it will make it will show people's evil i don't think it turns them evil it just shows that they already Mm. are and i think because we are all fallen we are all prone to those things and and to selfishness and to corruption um so i i think i think that's a universal thing um that you will see everywhere but i'd actually i'd actually argue that back in the day at least because even down to the weather you know we didn't have to stay inside all the time because we're cold we're warm enough we can go and chill there was more of a sense of community mm. rather than here. Everyone's bitter and cold because they are bitter and cold because of the weather. What was the question again? Um, so within the w- so every country in the world has this sense of every man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then why why is it when it comes to Africa, it's something that comes comes to us so easily? Like we like think about it so easily. Mm. Um. Yeah, uh, um, I'm pretty much along the same lines as Peter um, in terms of um, I I do see it everywhere. I have I have sensed a more I have experienced more of a sense of community in Ghana than I have here. Um, it might be to do with the fact that mo- most of my family are in Ghana. Mm. And so when I was there, obviously I had family around me, and so I had that sense of family. Mm. And my family was massive, mm. so I was constantly surrounded by a group of people that were family, and there was that sense of community. Like I grew up with my cousins, mm. going to the same school, going to the like extra school curriculum, extracurricular activities, and stuff like that. It was all family orientated, um, but here it's not as much, um, simply due to the. Um, just the way it is here it's mm. totally different from it is there um I would, I would argue that most people um most people ah okay pp is just distracting me right now um just because i was talking <laughs> to his wife <laughs> i distracted him <laughs> Fuck, mate. <laughs> Ain't no one talking to my wife unless they're talking through me. So, sense of community. Yes. Um, what one thing that I, one thing that I have realized is that um, communities have a sense of um, commonality um, that draws them together in a sense of community. Whether that commonality is um, geographic, whether it's um, DNA, whether it's postcode, there's there's different things that draw people together into, into a sense of community, and I've experienced more varying communities here that I've almost been able to dip in and out of at different times and different to different degrees than I have in Ghana. Ghana is a bit more central, um, in a sense of there's like a central set of relationships, a central set of communities that you're a part of. Um, whilst here is a lit, is a bit more dispersed, mm. so you can be a part of an anime group here, a part of a church group here, a part of a, um, 
a podcast group here, a part of a worship night here, a part of a prayer group here. And so you can almost drift within different communities. Um, whilst in Ghana, it feels a lot more central. So it, for me anyways, it felt a bit more rooted, mm. a bit more grounded, um, a bit more solid. Yeah. I, I feel like part of it is also that um, like within Africa, people don't, aren't chasing money the same way they do in the West. You you need you need to define that. Um, as in, you need to define. No that. no no. As in, um, elaborate. I don't know how to explain. Okay, let me, let me put this in the proper words. So, I don't know. For me, like being in Ghana, it felt like because people weren't chasing money as much, they could enjoy living life more. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like within London. Like people are just like living to pay bills. Where where were you in Ghana? <laughs> in the capital. <laughs> no, no, as in like yeah, like in Accra. In Accra. Is that where where you were based? Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. Okay. Because I think you have a different sense of not to say you're <laughs> say naive. Peter. Say Peter. No, not not naive, but <laughs> misguided. Not <laughs> You misinterpreted the whole situation. Did 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 you guys have you guys are well off. Like, yeah, you do you okay. have money. stuff, right? We didn't have servants. You got more boy. <laughs> no, we did actually. <laughs> no, but did you have to take not... Trotro or did you have a driver? He had a driver. Had a driver. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so, so what the, the point I'm trying to get, not to say anything, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you lived a privileged lifestyle in Ghana. It was more privileged than, than not, I, I don't have to say it without sounding wrong because I'm not trying to say it. The thing is, I'm not trying to say like you're, okay, so maybe you, you would live amongst the upper class, the higher, uh, higher class, if that makes sense, okay. than the average job. I actually think like, especially with the fact that, you know, you've got standards um, of um, living like so much higher here. You've got people with benefits and all of that. And like people that don't have kind of have, mm. you know, where in Ghana, if you don't have, you, know, you ain't got it. Exactly. So I find they, amongst the middle, lower classes, they chase after money a lot more than people do here. Like, a lot more than people here, like they just they just like work out the system and they're like exactly yeah, boom, exactly again, like here if you don't want to work you kind of almost don't have to you know you can just say oh i'm depressed and then no like you know <laughs> not to sound insensitive like if you're depressed find someone to talk to you know it's it's actually a, a, a real thing but i'm saying you if you don't want to work here, you don't necessarily have to. Like, you will get you by. You still get by. You will get by. You know, you go to a council say, I'm homeless. They'll pay for your rent. Like, they, there's, there's, there's standards in place here to take care of people. Whereas, if, you, if, if you're if you in Ghana, like, especially if you don't have money and you're like, you don't want to work, you're going to die. <laughs> it's, it's as real as that. So, I think they chase money more in Ghana than they do here. Hmm. Uh, completely. <laughs> completely more. I do... Um I think I get your sentiment, correct me if I'm wrong, in terms of the pace isn't as fast as here. Yeah. Right. Okay, 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 okay. It yeah, is, yeah, it's yeah, a bit yeah, more, yeah. people, pe- uh, not leisurely, but people aren't as um, 
busy or in a hurry to get things done as well they are here. well well the the opposite is is here to what you're saying in ghana you, you actually experience life you enjoy life yeah. like whether you have money or not you've got family you've mm-hmm. you'll find a way to in, uh, exist and enjoy life whereas here it's like monday to friday people are zombies yeah and then friday night they go and get drunk and then they're trying to recover Saturday, Sunday, they sleep. And then Monday to Friday, it's all over again. Mate. So you're not really enjoying like, Okay, I see what you yeah. mean. I see what you mean in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So e- even yeah. in the chase of money, there's still some enjoyment. There's still some enjoyment. So Pete, like con men, actually, there's a sense of enjoyment. Like, yeah, I just, I just took this fool for his money or whatever. Like, yeah, you, go, you go rob someone, you go to the chop bar. <laughs> chop bars, chop you know, bar. mate. I used to go chop bar after secondary school. Mad. You go watch football with everyone, you know, have a good yeah, time. Yeah. Did you go? Did you go to bed, mate? Mm. Ghana was when we were playing football with like um, tin cans. Mm, mm. And I remember one time the edge of the tin can like hit my shin. There was a welt, just a straight line on my shin. Yeah, it's but, so good. No, but that we enjoyed it. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I was going to say as well is that I think in the West, like I actually think a lot of it is due to weather, like not being silly, but when I, when I get home, I go straight into my room and like, I'm like, I don't want to speak to their neighbors or I don't care. Mm. I just want to get inside where it's warm and it's cool. Whereas in Ghana, even when I wasn't living like in Accra, we didn't live with family Mm. per se. The next door neighbor was from the same village Mm. I would, I want to say, but he didn't really know my dad per se, mm. and yet we called him uncle. Everyone was your uncle. Everyone was yeah. your auntie. You know the houses, three houses down. Again, not related at all, but it's the same thing. We come back from school. We we go basketball. We do everything together. See, and Africans so, had basketball. Sorry, I said, see, Africans had basketball <laughs> with coconuts. Nah. <laughs> Coming to America, do you remember that? Um, he was like, oh, do you guys ever play uh, soccer with coconuts? It's just like kind of silly. But um, there, was, there was much more of a sense of community, I think, literally, because we just had the luxury of sun and we could come out and be together. Hmm. Whereas here, I feel like people just, like, I don't know my neighbours. Like, I've seen them go into their room once or twice. I'm not, I don't know them. Hmm. You know, whereas that's unheard. people look at you suspiciously when you try to have conversation with well, them. That as well. I think yeah. that's more of like a British thing than it is a weather thing. Mm. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, uh, even if you yeah. go to places like America where they've got like yeah. seasons like yeah. us, even mm. if you go to the countryside, mm. it's mm. a lot different than yeah. it is in London. True. Um, true. True. One of uh, Jamila's uncle said he used to live in the countryside, and everyone mm. you just walk past, you see some. Oh, hello. Good morning. That's very true. true he yeah. walked. He came into London and said good morning to a police officer and the police officer looked at him like he was being suspicious yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's very true that's very true i worked in horsham and it was the same thing you're walking by and everyone was like ah, hey. and i'm just like i'm used to being screw face yeah and i like, just walking down so that's very true yeah. Yeah. let's do some hookups cool i don't know okay um i'll go first this week um uh, my hookup right, for this right. week well you know start on a good foot i thought you had an iphone you know me iPhone. yeah i was i was about to like, yeah. I, my phone was, oh, I swear I was charging. <coughs> nah. Not, oh, you're charging your... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so my hookup for this week is a worship song by Elevation Worship. Ooh! Okay. I love them guys. Called um, Here As In Heaven. That's an album, right? Or is that a song? It's, a, it's an album, but it's also a song. Ah. And, and, and that song is actually... Okay, I haven't... The song that I like from that album is Come, uh, Come To The Altar. 
I don't think I know that one. Welcome to the altar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, a little serenade for. Okay, well, what? Well, for no one. <laughs> apparently, the album's banging, but the yeah, song is yeah. dope. Um, but yeah, um, Elevation Worship, Here Ass in Heaven, the song and the album. Check it out. Dope. You don't know. Okay. Who's up next? Um, I'll, I'll go next. Mine is a book from a guy called Francis Schaeffer, I believe, um, called f- um, Art and the Bible. Mm. So for all the creatives out there who are Christian and might be thinking about, might not be thinking about um, how faith and art kind of comes together. It's a small book. Um, literally, even like 10 minutes, I went through about like 18 pages and I'm not the fastest of readers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about like six pounds on Amazon. Um, yeah, it's it's dope. The book's dope. Um, he speaks from a very theological perspective, but very much grounded in practicality and grounded in the um, in like biblical stuff. So yeah, it's very good. Just helping you think through what it means to be a Christian and do art. Cool, cool. My uh, hookup is an app. It was selected by Google as the editor's choice uh, for brain training. So, obviously, kind of buried the leader. It's a brain training app. I just find it it's just interesting in that it gives you, like, all these different um, exercises. What's it called? Um, let I'll, him, I'll let get him, to it. Can I build it up get, first, please? Rob, how you explain the app before you tell us what the app is called? Yeah, it's called Tease. Just ruining people's emotions. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, so it's a really good app. It is called Elevate. Yes, Elevate um, is dope. Elevate is dope. Elevate. It's made by Elevate Labs. Uh, Brain Train. Have you have you yeah, used I it got, before? Yeah, I got it on my yeah. um, iPod, uh, um, Apple devices actually. Yeah, I use it on a proper phone on an Android phone. Um, I want to play. <laughs> it's, fun, it's, it's fun. It's it's good. It's challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. yeah, it's quite it's fun. Dope. Yeah, it's dope. yeah. Cool. But it's uh, it's got a paywall, obviously. So I think it's like you're supposed to do five exercises a day. It gives you three for free. And yeah. if you want to get past that, you have to pay for it. But I don't believe in paying for apps yet. So, <laughs> yeah. Mate, not at all. It's the hookups. Cool. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. So, um, going back to um, these colonizers. Um, <laughs> one of my... You said it was such affection. You know, hang tight, the white man. Um, so... <laughs> 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 so, um... Um, who said of the book Things Fall Apart? Yes, by Chinua uh, Achebe. Achebe, yeah. yeah. Um, which is basically the story about this um, Nigerian guy who is just like the boss man of his mm. village. He's got bear yams. <laughs> like, you know, you're sick with, if you got bear yams in the yeah. village. <laughs> and then the story um, goes on about how uh, missionaries come and bring Christianity to Nigeria mm. and how he just wasn't about that life. I won't spoil it for you. Go and read mm. it. It's a great book. I keep confusing it because I've not read that one. I've actually read The Gods Must Be Crazy, which is a different one okay. or completely, yeah, but yeah, go on. But yeah, so I wanted us to talk about um, whether Christianity re- really is a white man's religion mm. in the sense that even though, like, in, in the Bible, Paul, Paul, Paul met the Ethiopian, yeah, but Christianity didn't really take root in Africa until... <laughs> we got taken away as slaves. Mm. So, mm. Um, so, in that sense, was it good that we got enslaved by the white man? 
and, and, and given his Christianity, even if it wasn't the correct version of Christianity. <laughs> All right, so I'll answer that with a different question because I also haven't studied, like, the because the Ethiopian, like, when I know when she or when he went back to Ethiopia, he took the uh, took you know got baptized and took Christianity back. So there were Christians in Ethiopia before colonization mm. altogether. Um, but I'll, I'll ask, you know, was it good for Joseph to get sold into slavery by his brothers? The answer is no. That instance in of itself wasn't good. However, God used it for something good. And through that interaction, Joseph goes on to become, you know, prime minister of Egypt, saves the world, um, and, and also, you know, saves his family. So I think it, I can never say colonization in and of itself was good, simply because the idea of going into another person's country, um, seducing, abusing, stealing from them, taking them elsewhere and rendering their people as less than human so that they can serve you for free, I can't, there's nothing good about that. I can't say there's anything good about it. For the missionaries, and I was, uh, I think I spoke to this, I spoke to one of the pastors at church about this uh, last week, actually. Um, there were missionaries that went with a missionary heart. Like, they went to spread the gospel. They didn't go with any ulterior motives. Um, so, whether or not their going there would have resulted in um, other people going there and then going to colonize or not isn't really the point. There were people that wanted to spread the gospel and that would have gone anyway to spread the gospel. Uh, it just so happened that some of them came by slave ships. Oh yeah, but... Um I just think of if you look at like the like Muslim countries, mm. you see, you've, you've, you've got Mus uh, you've, you've got missionaries that go there, but like Christianity hasn't popped off as much as it did in Africa, where it, it was kind of forced up forced upon us. I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's the only reason it didn't pop off because you got to remember as well, Islam isn't a country that will <laughs> let or Islam isn't a tradition that will let you just come in and preach something else. But was Africa that that, that back in the day? I think I think with it didn't have a propaganda against hearing other things, if that makes sense. Like Islam as a tradition or as uh, um, as as has been presented, actively will seek out people that are saying something else and literally kill them. Like it's part of the mandate, it's part of the doctrine. Whereas I don't think that exists in at least it didn't exist in any Ghanaian traditional religions that pre-existed um, that, yeah, Christianity. So I think it's a different thing. If Where people are open to listen, you always get a different response than where people are against listening, mm. you know, dangerously so. Mm. Yeah. Hello, Jamelia. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, because... Um, Welcoming Jamelia to the podcast. Hi, guys. I've managed to uh, get my husband to change layers nappy, so I'm here instead. <laughs> so, Jamelia, what do you think? <laughs> I think yeah, you're going to repeat the question. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm was, getting uh, there. I'm getting there. I was here to hear it. Go on. What, do you think that Christianity would have popped off as big as it did in Africa if it wasn't for slavery and, and, and colonization? Um, I think it's very difficult to know because obviously slavery and colonization happened. I believe in the power of the gospel, so I'm pretty sure it would have spread regardless. However, given that 
um, it was forced upon a lot of slaves, um, just like slavery was. Uh, I can definitely see why um, people are against Christianity because they think it's synonymous with like a indoctrination of black people and a removal of their culture and traditions. I think I think something to note as well is the fact that Christianity in and of itself was in Africa before slavery. Well, not not even just that, but Christianity wasn't imposed on slaves. They were given a version of a perversion of Christianity. Yeah, yeah agreed. Like, I was looking at even the slave Bible that they were given, and it was heavily altered mm. to remove anything that would suggest they are human as that well. They could be free. Yeah. So it it people the name was Christian. The basis of it was Christian. But it was a very, very, very perverted version of Christianity that was forced on the slaves. And it was one that was used as control. And mm. con- Christianity has never been about control. Christianity has been about Christianity has been about freedom in Christ. So saying that in and of itself is a misnomer. Mm. Yeah. So you think with these slaves with their slave Bibles, you think they they would have made it into heaven? I think the thing with um, the Bible and the thing with God's design of it is it's designed to anticipate um, hostile, uh, what's it called? Hostile, um, I've forgotten the word for it, I've forgotten the technical term for it, but it's designed in such a way as no important feature is ref- uh, restricted to, say, one page. So no important doctrine on the Bible is located on just one page. And the reason or the, the importance of that is even if you heavily edit it, even if you remove some parts, you'll also find you'll find all that you need in other parts. And so God's able to still transmit that message. And I go on that long rant to say <laughs> that it will still talk about or to whatever extent, so long as they still got the message about Christ and his death, that gospel is the power of God unto salvation in and of itself. So so long as that message will get across and that message has been is throughout the whole Bible, so you can't get the Bible without getting that, even if it's edited, then, yeah, those that accepted Christ would still be in heaven. And even more so because Christ came for, you know, the disenfranchised and the suffering and the oppressed, and they are all three. So that's not all he came for as well, but, you know. What about what about the Bible? Wait, Jamelia, your yeah. thoughts. And, and your about, thoughts as well. About Robert. whether they made it to heaven. Yeah. Uh, definitely i think um the bible says that god will have mercy on who will have mercy so i'm sure that is an effect we don't we can't tell who made it and who didn't um but from what i've read of of history you know church service was like their only f- three free time so i think a lot of them would have been looking to heaven as like a proper escape, yeah, joy, yeah. Yeah. you know, and um, would have been trying their best to get in because, you know, what they were living through was their version of hell. So, well, not all of them. Some of them were treated nicer than others, but, um, yeah, I would say that that some of them made it in. Yeah, for me, um, story that comes to mind is Jesus' crucifixion, where um the guy who's being crucified with um with Christ. Um, Jesus said that you'll you, you, you'll come to paradise with me, and mm-hmm. um, it wasn't stated anywhere that he was like a like a believing jury. You think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so 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 I guess that 
as long as you believe in Christ, yeah, then you got your ticket. And it's the same thing. I think um, I can't remember if I read it or if I saw it somewhere. Someone was like, "Oh, so I think they were trying to get a Christian to say that gays won't go to heaven." And the 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 the, the question was just framed it was a setup. Yeah, the question was literally framed. So, are you saying that gay people won't go to heaven? And I was watching, and then in my mind, it was just like you're asking the wrong question mm. because that's not the criteria to getting into heaven. That doesn't matter. What matters is, do they know Christ? So, saying all gays won't go to heaven is like saying all PhD owners in history won't play in the NFL. It's not the qualification they're looking for. And that makes sense. And and the same thing with the slave, same thing with the guy that was hung on a cross with uh with Christ. The qualification is Christ and if you've got him, all other things become secondary. So what would you guys say it, it was about the Bible and Christianity that that drew you to it? Or like what or in in, in what way did Christ draw you to Christianity in the Bible as opposed to any other religion you you would have maybe been exposed to? Hmm. You want me to go first? Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, growing up, my mum and dad weren't saved. They sent us to church. So did you say they weren't saved? Or no, they, they were? weren't. Okay. Um, my mum had previously been to church. My dad had never been. Um, so they sent us every Sunday, probably just so they could have alone time. <laughs> Um, so I grew up understanding what the Bible said, but at the same time, those rules weren't implemented in my house because my parents weren't Christians. So there was never like, you have to pray, you have to read your Bible. So those things I did of my own volition. Um, I prayed a lot for my parents to get saved. But then when they did, I was like, I don't know if I like this version of them. <laughs> so that was interesting. <laughs> um, I think... For me, growing up Pentecostal, uh, there were a lot of scare tactics. It was a lot of, you're going to go hell and burn. So you might yeah. want to sort out your salvation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what drew me to Christianity was not wanting to burn. Mm. Um, it was a good way to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, that that's what pricked me first. And my grandparents were very much on this kind of like, I don't want you to die and go to hell, so you need to talk to Jesus. But I would say that my actual personal um, transformation didn't come until I was about 19, mm. even though I'd spent my whole life in church. Okay. Mm. I guess this is very similar, <laughs> very similar story. <laughs> we all me. got the same story. I, I used to give my life to Christ every other week when one of our aunties would come around and tell us about hell. Um, so it was, it was just a thing of, yeah, literally just scared and so like, oh if I if I don't give my life to Christ now and then Christ comes tomorrow I'll die. Or I'll go That's what the they used to tell us. Yeah. It'll literally <laughs> if be the like, world ended tonight, where would you go? <laughs> it'll literally be like, oh anytime you watch the film about the rapture, oh, it's like, okay, I'm giving my life to Christ now and then ten minutes later if I lie, I'm like, Oh no, it's all over again. <laughs> um but I think for me the thing you know, growing up in a Christian home, my parents well my mum always went to church. My dad would go when he wasn't working. Um, and so they, you know, forced us to go. I never really or didn't understand it for myself until I was also in um, secondary school. But it was a thing where it was understanding that it made sense. Like, 
you know, the concept of the world can't be here by accident. Someone had to have created it. If someone had to have created it, someone had to have created me. If someone has created me, then I owe that person an explanation for what I did with what he created me or what he gave me and whether or not I could give a solid um, explanation for it in that state. Um, I realized that I couldn't. So it was like during that time is when I actually thought, okay, this makes sense. Let's 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 actually give our lives to Christ. Let's actually do this Christian thing properly. And so yeah, it wasn't until I think maybe two thousand or something, yeah, two thousand one two or something that I actually gave my life to Christ. Yeah. How about you? I yeah, think we're oh, oh, oh you're still you? getting there, isn't it? Oh, cool. cool. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, FIFA. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> bless your enemies. Um, I think for me. I was I was similar to you guys in that I was like brought up in church, but I was brought up in a church of England church. Yeah. I didn't get none of that hellfire. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Oh, well, it um, has its place. It has its place definitely. Yeah. Um, I think people can be very um, dismissive of hell. In the Church of England. Oh, no, I mean just um, oh, just in, in like general. Christianity in general. Mm. So I think I mean hell would scare me for a week and then. I'd want to do something bad more than I was scared of hell. So, yeah. you know, but, 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 but but at least to put fear in you. Some people don't don't even believe that there is hell. Mm. So, so um, yeah. So um, I think for me it was very much um, later on in my like late teens, early twenties when I um, was around born again Christians a lot more, and then I saw what they I saw like the peace that they had. Mm. and it was something that I wanted for myself and plus um, having conversations with people like Peter and other people about more the more like studying the Bible mm. and then getting into like the into like the nitty gritty of like what the Bible actually meant and, and implications mm. which fascinated me and, and drew me to it mm. so yeah I think I'm um, just to go into because I guess I didn't really answer your question when I was at uni, um, I saw people getting saved, like people that were living, living the sinful life I never got to live. Mm. And that was, it was major to me because all of these young people were giving their life to Christ, the Christ that I had known about forever and a day, and were like really excited about this opportunity. And mm. I was just like, well, it's just it's Jesus, isn't it? Like, you mm. know. But their passion and their um, wanting to give up all the things I kind of wanted to taste for myself made me rethink my whole um, approach to my salvation at that time. <laughs> so yeah, it was being surrounded. My church only had about five young people, so and we were all there by force. So to see <laughs> people <laughs> come to God by choice, mm. and they were young, like these were missionaries. These yeah, they are these were fully blown um singing dancing raving fornicating people um that wanted god and mm. i was like but i already had him why am i not as excited as these people mm. so yeah mm. what about you moses um you you missed most of the conversation but uh the question we're answering now is what is it about um Jesus and the Bible that drew to Christianity as opposed to anything else. This is interesting, Mister. M- I used to be a Muslim. 
Um, so, I, I don't think I've shared my testimony on, on the podcast. Um, but fundamentally, um, I was I went through a point of like severe depression. Um, to the point of like self-harming and stuff. But um, what fundamentally drew me to God was hearing somebody else, hearing somebody else's testimony. Mm. And I was just overwhelmed with the sense of just wanting God mm. um, rather than anything else. And that for me has really, that has really characterized my, um, my relationship with God. Because it's very much like, so I, before I used to be like fully against anyone that was like, oh, God is going to give me this. I'm like, he is sufficient for you. And as I said, that's really characterized my whole um, walk in a sense of my pr principal desire is just wanting this God who I see in the Bible, just wanting more of him, um, wanting to be with him, wanting to be in him, wanting to display him um, before wanting things before anything else. I just want to be with him, uh, be in him and display him. Yeah. I'm not mm. sure if that answers the question. He's so holy. <coughs> <laughs> it will do. <laughs> it will do. Um, what can I say? Sorry. Sorry. There's just so much going on. It's just confusing me. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so you missed most of the conversation. It was a good conversation. Yeah. We're talking about the colonization by white people and how they brought Christianity to us Negroes. <laughs> Arguably, because um, after the spread of <laughs> he is so bad, he intentionally framed it that way because that's not what we said. <laughs> <laughs> is it was wasn't that Egyptian ruler mentioned in not, not Egyptian Ethiopian ruler yeah, yeah, mentioned in baptized things, and yeah baptized and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that Christianity would have made its natural progression towards Africa, even without the colonizers. Um, and that's where, where it occurred, like Israel and um, Bethlehem and all those places are closer to Yeah, Africa closer to Africa than, than, than yeah. Than the West. Just and e even with even with the, the, um, Christianity almost coming through colonization and stuff, which leads to the anecdote that you said, um, we closed our eyes to pray, we opened our eyes and they had all the land, we had um, the Bible. Yeah, I think that's something Mugabe yeah. said. Um, yeah. I don't know what she is watching, but um, <laughs> yes, yeah. sounds like an interesting conversation. It was, it was. Um, well, I think we should just end there because I can't think of anything else to talk about right now. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm oh, I'm looking bakery, bakery stuff. This is what happens when a two-year-old comes into the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so what do you guys think about what we talked about today? Yes, Leah? Give me two seconds. I'm just doing the outro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what do you think about, about... <laughs> the part why people have played in the life of Africans. <laughs> was it necessary? Was it not? Was it good? Was it bad? Do the benefits outweigh the cons? Layers. <laughs> that, that, that's a whole new podcast, you know. Gosh. That is a whole new podcast. That is a whole new podcast. Let us know what you think, guys. Um, that, pod, that podcast would just be like, um, hashtag reprobations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh... Might get, might get a. Uh, um. um, um.
I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so Give mommy the mic. Shout out to Rude for the intro and outro music. Mm. That Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. Yeah. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the blacksmith furnace apostrophe. You can find us on all good podcasts, the website, search for the blacksmith furnace with an apostrophe. Twitter at the furnace UK. Email address tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. Um, yeah, anything, any tags from anyone? Uh, you can also find us on Facebook now as well. Oh, sure. Search for the username The Ordinary Amazing. The page is there. So you can go on there. Most of the podcasts will be there. Do a hookup highlight on there. That's dope. So, whoop, yeah. Whoop. yeah, we're on there. They're branching out into old school social media. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from, from, from anyone else? So someone someone actually said uh, Facebook is, is for our parents. We're on Snapchats and stuff now. That's because um, we're parents now, isn't it? Because the library is still for our parents. <laughs> <laughs> I like the library. <laughs> yeah. Is that everything? That's everything. Yeah. Um, Vimeo. Yes. Dot yes, com yes, yes, yes. Forward slash H Muse H. H M U S E. Yeah, get out. Anything from you, Jamelia? What was that? <laughs> no, just it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you, Jimmy, for joining us. Okay. Thank you, Leia, for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, then I guess this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blah. Say bye-bye. <laughs>